where he talks about rivers of living water that would be flowing in and through us. And by this he meant, he says in verse 39, the Holy Spirit. So in part one of the message of the river, the concept I mentioned I gleaned from Rob Reamer, we said the first step to living in the fullness of this rushing river of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about, the first step was to, anybody remember from last week? Dive in, right? Dive in. To be filled with the Spirit. To dive in, to be filled with Spirit. So we, uh, before we begin this morning, before we really get in this morning, I'm going to start with something, actually I'm going to do something uh, kind of traditional pastor-like, although it's not traditional to do it at the beginning of the service. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, except at the beginning of the service. And what I want to do is I want to ask you a couple of questions, actually three questions this morning, and all you have to do to answer them is just to raise your hand as I ask this question. So first question, how many of you Know for certain, 100%, that you have been filled with the Spirit at some point in your life. Raise your hand. You know 100% you've been filled with the Spirit at some point in your life. Okay, put your hands back down. And, And that's good. I mean, the Bible does not say that you can say this, I think so, or I hope so, but that I know so, that I know I have been. Just like we were talking about a river, if you jump in a river you will get wet. You know so. You know that you got wet. If you didn't get wet, you weren't in the river. So that's number two. How many of you believe that right now, today, you are fully filled and in the middle of the rushing river of the Holy Spirit? Right now, today, you are fully filled and in... Let me see your hands. If you're not sure, that's okay. Because that's question number three. You ready? How many of you would be willing to admit that you're really not sure? You're not sure whether you grasp what God is talking about here. You're not sure whether you you know about this being filled with the Spirit, whether you've experienced it. How many are not sure that you, whether you're even walking in the Spirit? So let's see those hands. All right. Good. Good. Let's pray. Father, as we start this morning, we pray that you would lead and guide us by your Holy Spirit. We pray, river, flow, flow upon us this morning. In us, through us, overwhelm us, carry us along to where you want us to be today. That we might know for certain that we are in the river and we would see that certainty, not just in some knowing or feeling but in reality worked out in our life or move but I pray for those today that are finding it difficult to experience the river of you, Holy Spirit, flowing through and over them because they feel like they're going through a flood of circumstances that are beyond their controls. I'm just going to keep your heads bowed. Just, is that you today?
just to again let's have one more question to kind of lift your your hand today you are just overwhelmed by a different flood maybe you don't even know why maybe you're just overwhelmed with an extreme sadness this morning just between me and God here if that's you would you lift up your hand yes yes Father, I just pray for those this day. There's nothing that I could say or do that will change the circumstances or maybe even change their hearts or minds. It's you. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would meet them. That they would open themselves up, surrendering in such a way that they would know that you were there. And that somehow the flood of you, Holy Spirit, the river of you, Holy Spirit, would begin to push back the flood of emotions that are upon them, the flood of the circumstances, even if they do not change what they are doing inside of them, that the flood of you, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, rush over each and every one that needs you in that this morning. Move as only you can move in a way that only you can do. Help us to press into your presence, even right here and right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for enabling us. Lord, empower me to speak your words. But if our ears are not open with your power as well, it's not going to work. Flow, river flow over us today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to read through verse 26 here, through the end of the chapter. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Uh, 13 you my brothers were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature rather serve one another in love for the entire law is summed up in a single command love your neighbor as yourself if you keep on biting and devouring each other watch out or you will be destroyed by each other and so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will gr not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not know what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness drunkenness and orgies and the like and i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience goodness kindness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. Now, last week as we started in, we talked about that 
the first step of this, uh, part one, is to dive in. And I uh, never got to it as we only got to part one. We thought of the, the song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. The long-awaited rains have fallen hard upon the thirsty ground and carved their way to where the wild and rushing river can be found. And like the rain, I have been carried here to where the river flows. My heart is racing, my knees are weak, and as I walk to the edge, I know there is no turning back. Once my feet have left the ledge in the rush, I hear a voice that's telling me it's time to take a leap of faith. So here I go. I'm diving in. I'm going deep. In over my head, I want to be caught in the rush, tossed in the flow. In over my head, I want to go. The river's deep. The river's wide. The river's water is alive. So sink or swim, I'm diving in. Amen? Amen. And oh, that's what we do. But okay, okay, we dive in. And, and, and maybe we didn't get it last week and didn't give you the opportunity at the end of the service this week to dive in. But maybe we got it. But what do you do next? Okay, we dive in. Then what? What's supposed to happen? We dive in the water. That's what we talked about. After you dive in. Because Pentecost was not it. When Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit came down and filled the believers, it didn't stop. The Holy Spirit and them going with the Holy Spirit didn't stop there. Instead, they went with the flow of the rushing river. In a sense, if you're going to uh, step in... Oh, I, I have to look back here. I can't see it up there. You guys really are freaking out probably. Okay, we need to stay in the river. That's the point, is that we need to stay in the river. Now, here's what we're talking about here. You dive in, then you dwell in. First, you get filled with the Spirit, then you have a Spirit-filled life. That's what it's about. Uh, It's what we're talking about here in Galatians. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says to live by the Spirit. It says the same as to walk by the Spirit in verse 25, to keep in step with the Spirit. So is there that sense that walking in the Spirit that we're talking about today, the second part, after you dive in, you walk in the Spirit, means you stay in the river. So as we're talking this day about staying in the river, to understand that's what we're talking about in Galatians 5 here, is that keeping in step is living by the Spirit, is walking by the Spirit, is to stay in the river. And today we're going to look at two ways that we can stay in the river, how we are to do that. First of all, let's stay always in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Let's say that again. Let's stay always in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, there's a portion, though, of churchianity that is not in the river flow. That is sit on the shore of the river of the Holy Spirit, look out, admiring the river, respecting the river, learning more about the river, but for some reason never go in. They're missing out on what God has always planned as the normal Christian life, a.k.a. spirit-filled life. We end up with Galatians 5, verses 13 and 14. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And unfortunately, that's not what happens. Instead, our freedom that we have in Christ and all those have, we are using it to indulge our sinful nature. Our flesh, not just in what outright sins, but just the flesh instead of the spirit. 
we know that Christians are still on the shore because of verse 15. It's verse 15. It says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That is what is happening in our families and our homes. That is what is happening in our church families all around. That is what happens. And the only solution to that, verse 15, of biting and devouring each other and destroying each other, the solution to that is verse 16. Verse 16 says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The solution to all the the, the problem and the chaos that's causing in our relationships and things that are going on is to get in the river and stay there. To live by the Spirit. To stay in the river because that's where the fullness of love is. That's where the fullness of joy, the fullness of peace is in the river. And all the rest, if you look with me, all the rest is in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those. If you stay in the river, you experience the fullness of these things. Because that's what the kingdom of God is about, as Romans 14, 17 says. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yet there are those who are not experiencing this fullness in those areas. It, it, it's just no, the norm for them. And, and they feel like it's not realistic that God is going to do that for everyone. That God's going to give a fullness of joy, a fullness of peace, a fullness of love. And, and I'm not saying, like for myself, for example, that, that I always am filled to overflowing with joy. With a joy unspeakable. I'm not always there. But when I'm not there, I don't blame God for somehow denying me that joy. It's not like God's up there saying, nope, not going to do it. If I give Pastor Tim fullness of joy, he'll just be downright unbearable. Right? <laughs> don't give him joy. They, they, they won't be able to handle that if he had. No, that's not what God thinks. He wants to give us fullness of joy. Not a passing feeling, but a perfect knowing of joy. To stay always in the river means so much more. There's so much more that it means. Like to stay where holiness flows easier in our life. To stay where ministry is greater, accomplishing greater things for God. If we stay in the middle of the river of the Holy Spirit, it is so much clearer to be in the very center of God's will when we stay in the center of the river. But unfortunately, we get to the point where so many Christians are on the shore. They think in their house of sand that they're on, that it's just a normal life. It's all good. Not experiencing the fullness, but life is good. And then somebody comes along who experiences the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Not just the filling, but the fullness, where they really are full. And and this person who's on the shore says, oh, that's good, that's great. As you're out there in the river, they say, ah, that's good. I was there once, but it doesn't last. It's not realistic. 
that you, you're not going to know that for a lot. I mean, you got it now, enjoy it now, but you're not going to have that fullness of love, that fullness of joy and peace. Eventually it fades away and you just get used to it. And if you're in the middle of the river and you say, I don't want to get used to it. And somebody needs to tell them on the shore that the joyless, peaceless, loveless Christian life is only normal for those who are on the shore. Not for those who are always in the river. To stay all the time, always in the river. Now let's just be clear about this. Those who are in the river are not better Christians. Those who are in the river are not holier Christians. Because it has absolutely nothing to do with you and me. It has everything to do with the river, with the Holy Spirit and His fullness. Let's stay always in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And there are those that have dived into an amazing, miraculous encounter with the Holy Spirit, filling their lives anew and afresh with a power. But then we start to think that somehow that's going to become like Moses. Do you remember how it happened with Moses? Even 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 talks about it. We, we are not like Moses, it says, who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. It's not like for us having been in God's presence that it's going to fade in our lives and that everything is just going to go back to the way it was before. And that that should be the norm that we settle for. It's not like, uh, I was trying to think, you'll be glad I didn't actually do this illustration here, just put it here. But taking a, a barrel full of water and just poking a hole in it and crushing out, you know, it's just pouring out of there, you know, when it first starts. But eventually what happens? It slows down until it just a trickle and then it just stops. That is a picture of some Christians' idea of the Holy Spirit filling them. As they get filled, the whole barrel's filled and, you know, wow, it's just a rush, but eventually it just, you run out. The picture of the Holy Spirit filling you and being, is being in the river is taking that barrel with its holes, let's put a couple more holes in it, taking that barrel with the holes in it and sticking it in the river, putting it down in the river. It doesn't matter how many holes it has, it's never going to run dry because it's in the river. We can't just get filled and then stop out. We need to stay in the river of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's power was never meant to run out. That's why it's a river. And what happened to Moses was not God's intention for us today. Because in the Old Testament, while the Holy Spirit was poured out and even some were filled, the Holy Spirit did not come to permanently dwell in and with a person like he does now. Like the river that keeps flowing. This is not a river that we dive in to get wet and get back out. It's not a one and done. It's not get filled and then that's it. It's rather you be filled and continue to be filled. In fact, that's Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. 
We mentioned last week that this is not a one-time filling, that that word to be filled, actually the, the verb has to do with be filled and continue to be filled. In a sense, we would say be being filled. And we read that instead, be being filled constantly, continually, be being filled. Now, I'm not saying that we don't leak, but that's why we get filled with the Spirit. It's like a river. I mean, think about it. Just look at that verse for a moment. That first part, the very first part, do not get drunk. We take that as a command. We believe, and then you look at other places, it talks about this, but we believe, do not get drunk is a command. Why do we not then also take just as serious the command to be being filled? It is not an option. It is not something that says, hey, if you'd like to, if you want to get this, if you want to do this, think about this. It is just a much, it's just a positive command instead of a negative one. They're both commands there. You should take both. Just to say there, be being filled, stay in the flow of the river. Uh, it's, it's like when you've been swimming uh, in the middle of the day, it's fine. But then it starts getting dark. You're there, the breeze starts to picking up, right? And you're down in the water and, and you're okay then. But as soon as you get up out of the water, yeah, you start feeling, oh, oh. Yeah, I, I don't like this. You're okay if you just stay there. But when you get up and you get out, out of the water just a little bit, you, you're out of the river, you're out of the warmth, you're out of the flow of the Holy Spirit, so to speak. And therefore, it doesn't take long for our relationship to God to go from lukewarm to cold. Because out of the river, it's a cold world. When you're out of the river... The world out there is cold. And it will only take a little bit for that fire, so to speak, that you may have for God to start cooling off out of that river on the shore. Living life so much less than what God intended. We don't always stay in the river. In fact, sometimes we slowly drift to the side. And if we don't slowly drift, let's face it, some people just quickly jump out and chase after something on the side of the river. Usually chasing after sin in some way that's talked about here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He lists a whole bunch. Most of the time, these good Christians only want to hear the first part of it. You know, we get into the morality, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. But then when you start talking about hatred, discord, jealousy, factions, fits of rage. Up on shore. That's not in the river quickly chasing after these things. And sometimes on the shore, it's not just about sin, it's where the flesh and the world is. Verse 17. In verse 17, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not know what you want. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. On the shore, there is a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. In the river, there is a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. Which is easier to win? Which place is an easier place to win? In the river. When you're on the shore, it's so much harder to win that battle that is happening. It's going to happen. Whatever it is that we are chasing on the shore, it is not Jesus. If we are out of the water... And going after something, that is not Jesus. And we need to be able to recognize that we are out of the water. And it's not always all up to us just to figure it out ourselves in that sense. But if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to His conviction in our life, to His direction in our life, then we will know whether we are in or whether we are out. And too many times when things are going good, what do we do? When things are going good in our lives, we climb out. We claim out, I'm doing good. I can handle it on my own. I can handle a little time on the shore. I can handle this battle. And then we, we don't then go looking to go back in the river until we find ourselves with nowhere else to go. We don't know what to do. There's no one else to help. Why is it we only dive in when we're desperate? Why not dive in before you get desperate? And then you never get desperate except desperate for the more of the river. In fact, there are some that are so wandered uh, from the river that they're in deep woods. I remember a day. You know, it's like the question I asked you first. How many know there was a time for certain 100% that you've been filled? I remember that day. I remember the rivers, but I don't know where it is. Right now, I'm not even sure how to get there, back to that river. So I want to encourage you just to follow the sound of God's voice this morning. Back to the river. Not to a a little pool of water, not to a stream, but follow the sound of God's voice. To the rushing river of the Holy Spirit. Can you hear him? You know, we may not notice what's missing when we step out of the river or onto the shore at first because we're soaking wet. We can, we're soaking wet and it doesn't happen. We don't dry out right away spiritually. But as we step out of the Spirit's influence and his power and stay on the shore, we start to dry out. And unfortunately, what I see happen is that there are some Christians, the way they resolve that, they know they're starting to dry out. And so what they do is they send someone else to make a trip to the river and bring back something refreshing spiritually for them to sip of the Spirit of God from without ever actually having to get in themselves. In fact, it is possible to think that we are in the river just because we are in a church service. That doesn't mean that you're necessarily in the river. 
any more than just because you sing worship songs that you are in the river or that you pray or that you do your devotions. The reality is all of those things can be religiously done on the shore without the Holy Spirit. It can be done, all of those things can be done without being in the river. As we find our spiritual life drying out, it's because we're, we're no longer in the river and we recognize the solution is to what? Think about it. For what some people do there, because it's Memorial Day, so pools start to open and that kind of thing. And, and people go into the beach and all those kind of things. And, and you start, you're starting to dry out. You're starting to get a little warm, you know. And so what do you do? Well, some people just run down and stick their feet in and splash some water on them, right? You know, that's the way to do it. I'm just going to go down. I'm starting to dry out a little bit. So just kind of splash some water. Uh, that's the thing, which is what some people do every week when they come to a church service. It looks like this. Oh, they're loving it. Oh, this is great. Splash the water on me. You know, I'm loving this. And oh, wow, where's the music today? Oh, wow, the pastor really had it today. It doesn't always, but he got it today, right? You know, so, wow, you just, it's just it's this whole thing. Splash, 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 splash. And they, they go down to the riverside, so to speak, and just splash around. Splash from, get splashed from the worship, get splashed from the preaching. In fact, sometimes even it's so good you get a bucket full to take with you throughout the week. You know, I got a bucket full of what happened on... But you know that bucket doesn't last all week. In fact, it usually doesn't last past much farther on Sunday. For many people, what they get, I'm going to take with me. And after a while, it just doesn't work. And after a while of just each week trying to do this, they just figure out, you know what? I'm I'm still dry. And so the solution is I need to find a better worship team. I need to find a better preacher someplace. Because that's the solution. That's, that's, that will help me not to be dry. And so they go off after that, chasing after those things, trying to go splash in the water and get at this better place. And the problem is they're still just on the shore splashing. They still have the dryness of soul. It doesn't matter where you go. We need to take responsibility that is ours to be in the river ourselves more than one day a week. But 24-7 to dive back in the river of the Holy Spirit yourself instead of being splashed on by someone else's relationship with the Spirit of God. Because that's really all we're getting is we're getting splashed from someone else's relationship when we're going to these places and doing this. From someone else's relationship with God instead of you yourself experiencing it and being in the river yourself. And we get content. We get content just to travel on off the shore just a little bit, but in the water. Sure, we have, uh, by being there, it's better than being on the shore. You get a little more help, a little more power of God. You know, it is what it is. We end up living uh, by the flesh, though, and not by the Spirit. Relying on our own praying, our own Bible knowledge, intelligence, our own experience, our own gutted-out determination and willpower. Oh, we praise God and thank Him for helping us to to press through. But the reality is, if you think about it, and if you really had time between you and God, most of your being able to just keep going 
Yes, you praise God, but it's basically you praise God He made you that way. Because it's just your own humanness that is determination that's got you this far. Uh, and maybe not completely. We say, you know, because a lot of times, what, what do we ask God to do? We ask God, help me. We don't acknowledge I can't do it at all. Instead, we just say, God, help me to gut it out. God, help me to figure it out. God, help me in this way. And so what we're doing is we're willing to get a little wet. We're willing to walk in the water with God, but just a little bit. Just enough so God will make our humanness a little better. So God can take our humanness and make it a little stronger. Instead of saying, you know what? I got nothing. It's got to be all you. I'm done trying on my own. I'm done not only being on the shore, I'm done walking along the shore. I want to be all in, always in, always in all the time. We don't realize this because oftentimes we don't divine things that are out of the river as in the flesh. Because we think things that are out of the river are those things that are blatant, immoral sin, something that's bad or wrong. But it's not just that. It's about our humanness, our flesh. That it's just us, our carnal nature. And here's the truth. And this is the truth that we need to get as Christians if we're going to go deeper. And this is why some people, they try and they go to all different places and they never seem to go deeper. One of the reasons. Just because we do not walk in the acts of flesh does not mean we are walking in the ways of the Holy Spirit. Just because we're not doing bad does not mean we're doing good. And just because we're doing good doesn't mean that we are in the flow of the Holy Spirit for our life. The question should not stop before we do something or be a part of something or say something. The question should not stop with, is this wrong? That's the wrong question. If you want to go deeper, in a sense, we need to say, is this in the river? What I'm about to say, what I'm about to do, is this really in the river? It's not a question, do I have a Christian freedom to do or to say this thing? That's what we say. I'm not going to be legalistic about this. I have the freedom. God has given me a Christian freedom to do this. Good. And he has. But there are plenty of Christian freedom people on the shore. The question is not what you have the freedom to do. The question is what does the Holy Spirit want you to do? How is the Spirit of God moving? In the decisions that we make daily, are we walking with the Spirit of God? Not are we walking against Him. Not are we walking away from the Spirit. Are we walking with the Spirit of God in a vital, real relationship that moves when He moves, always in the flow? Not just in the flow, but in the middle of the river. And the reality is anything that is not of the Spirit is of the flesh. And that's something that we don't always think through. Anything that is not of the Spirit is of the flesh. Everything else is flesh if it's not of the Spirit. Whatever we do, whatever we think, whatever we say, can we honestly think that that, that thing that we said or that thing that we did, that thing that just happened this morning was done in the fullness 
of the Spirit of God. Now, don't ask, was it wrong? Was it done in the fullness of the Spirit of God? And there are not many of us that walk 24-7 in the Spirit, always in, led by the Spirit and everything. Why should we be? When we haven't turned over complete control, how can we expect complete filling? How can we experience more that God has for us? We've got to always be in. But not just that, we need to stay all in. And those are two different things. To always be in, but to think that we need to be all in all the time. Hopefully you caught, as we're talking about the river, this Christian life is not a calm, lazy river kind of experience. That's not what the Christian life is. Here's what the Christian life is like. It's like a white water rafting trip. That is what the Christian life that is in the river is like. A few summers ago, our our family took a whitewater rafting trip. Surprisingly, it didn't seem so bad as I might think it was as you were going down the rapids, as you were going through the rapids. It was like, you know, this this doesn't seem so bad. We're going through. I mean, it's kind of exhilarating, you know, on the waves and all that, but it seems bad until you look back at where you just came from, you know. And I couldn't find a picture. It was bad enough to show you what we came from. And some of the times this doesn't even this looks calm compared to what I look back and you look back at it and you think I just went through that. We just went through that. Awesome. Right. You know, like I can't believe that we just did that. Now, the reason it was we were able to do it in a way it seemed so easy was because we had a great guide that was directing and telling us what to do during the whole time. And we get through it. and It's like, yeah. Uh, wow, I I don't know how we ever did it. How many of us have ever said that about our own life? Right? You get through something, it's like, look back. Maybe you don't even realize it in the time, but you look back and say, I don't know how we ever made it through. I mean, I do, but I say that because I, just looking at it. Staying in the flow of the river of the Holy Spirit does not mean that you're going to avoid the rapids of life. It just means you're going to make it through them. Our life circumstances may not change. The rapids may not get smaller, but you will make it through easier if the Holy Spirit is your guide, if the Holy Spirit is a river that controls everything, that brings you along and through. And it can be scary. It can be scary to trust the Holy Spirit, especially if you don't know how to swim in certain circumstances. Like there's some things we've been through before. We've been in this water before. And so, well, God help us and we're good and we'll make it through. And I know it's going to be rough, but God will help us. But what about those times when you get thrown in in, and you don't know what to do? You've never been there before. That's when we need the guide of the Holy Spirit controlling. That's where the problem happens. We don't want to be in the middle of the river. We don't want to let go of control. We're not willing to fully trust Jesus as our life jacket, not to mention the fact, as we think about all this, you got brothers and sisters in Christ that are with you in the boat, so to speak. Some who are more experienced and able to help along the trip. Here's the thing. You know, you've got that, you got that guy, that one in the back that always knows what's going on, been there, done that, is able to help us. Let's stay all in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it should look like in that sense. To stay all in. You cannot drown with the Holy Spirit if you are surrendered to Him. When I'm talking about drown, I'm talking about drowning 
in life with the Holy Spirit. To trust an absolute surrender it takes to dive in. We talked about last week, but this week we need an absolute dependency that fully trusts in the flow of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we don't even have to paddle or steer. Kind of like what happened uh, when we did the missions launch down the Oil Creek that one day. You didn't have to paddle or steer. You could just trust, just let it go. This is as far... But the problem is we don't want to trust, right? Is that what it comes down to? Just trust, but I only want to go in so far. I don't want to go deeper. I don't want to leave the shallow end. I don't want to let go of the side. But God wants you to go in all the way to a wonderful, abundant life that Jesus spoke of that only happens when we're on the flow. And yet we run into Christians all the time and say, well, I've been doing this Christian thing for some time and I don't know about any abundant life. You know, I've never seen it. I haven't experienced it. While they're hanging on to the side. You've got to be able to let go. To let go of control. And be led by the Spirit. It has to do with surrender. A surrender that Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you need to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. To die to self, to completely let go of that and let yourself into his control. To surrender to the Holy Spirit's flow at all times. Unfortunately, we want it both ways. We want to kind of like, I I, I don't want to be on the shore. I don't want to be right in the middle of the river. And so we make that choice to kind of go right along the shoreline waiting in the spirit and we get a little bit and i think this is where the majority of christians really are is waiting in the spirit completely missing the rushing flow of what god wants and we at halfway running along the riverbank water up to our knees where it's muddy where it's slow going in fact if you've ever tried to run through water or try to make it through water that's like this it is so much harder than if you were in deeper water where you could just go with the flow or even just to swim a little bit. Unfortunately, we end up trying so hard along the side of the river and in the water that's just up to here, we end up trying so hard to do this Christian life, trudging on through, that we wear ourselves out and we just can't go on. Instead of floating with the current of the Holy Spirit. You know, Deal Moody says this. I was all the time tugging and carrying water. But now I have a river that carries me. Greater things happen through us for God's kingdom when we are in the middle. Little things happen through us when we're right here. We can do some things for God. But it's only here that God does some things great through us. Which is where uh, Corey Timboom says, Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you're filled with the Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. To stay in the Holy Spirit 24-7 is not saying... That, that means you need to stay in your Bible or be praying 24-7. You know, the, for some reason we think, okay, if I'm going to really be in the river, that means I need to be kind of like a monk cloistered away in my closet, praying all the time and copying the Bible. 
God has other things that he's called us to do besides those things. And so being in the river is more than just that, the plans that he has for each day. It's just making sure that when that you are launching out in the flow of the middle of the river of the Holy Spirit, that as you begin the day, you're asking for his direction and throughout the day asking for his direction to move us in the way that we should go so that each action, each word, each choice in our day is actually choosing to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Each thing is a step with the Holy Spirit because we are all in the river. Uh, let me give you an example from, from my life. Uh, and this happens quite often. It's a scenario that I could ch- interchange some different things. I don't know why God does this in my life, but he does. And so I could make a s- different story with just a few little changes that happens all the time. But here's what goes on. Let's, let's imagine today, after today, I'm, I'm going to make the decision. This is something that's happened. Make the decision that I want to go out by myself in the woods for a walk just to spend time with God. All right? And I want to get away and spend time with God. Does that sound wrong? Sounds good, right? We're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, soul. That's, that's, some, that's feeding that. That's a part of that. That is good. But even in that good thing, I've got to ask, what does the Spirit of God want from me right now? And in times like this, and I've thought that, and I wanted to do that, the Spirit says, I want you to go see so-and-so. Now, so-and-so, I don't really know. I mean, I kind of know we're acquaintances. I don't regularly visit so-and-so. That's not somebody I regularly visit. I, I mean... There's nothing wrong with someone, so I don't want you to get any think, think anything. It's just I'm not connected directly with them, other than I'm, I'm the pastor, kind of loosely connected. And so I'm pretty sure I hear the Holy Spirit mention this name, and I'm thinking I really want to go and just spend time with you, God. But okay, okay, I'll give him a call. Now, you got to understand, he didn't say give him a call. Okay? That's, that's not really the sense I had. But I said, I'll give him a call. Because if I give him the call, I have contacted them. And then I will have time to go for this little walk. It's a good thing that I want to do. So I call them. Guess what? No one answers. And you'll never guess also what. For some reason, they either don't have or the answer machine is not working. So I can't even leave a message. It's like, oh, all right, God, I get it, I get it. Look up their address, where they need to go. Go, head over there. Go over to their place. They knock on the door and, and walk in. And they say, oh, pastor, oh, we're so glad you're here. Who called you? <laughs> uh, they, the, you know, kind of like, who called you? The ambulance will be here soon. The EMTs are coming on their way. I'm thinking, uh... I just showed up. I'm just here. I, I mean, I, I don't, I had a, I, you know, I might say I had a sense I'd be here, but I'm not going to say it. Well, the Lord told me, you know, uh, not because I'm concerned about that, but I don't want to appear somehow super spiritual or something. I just, I had a sense that I needed to be here. And so here I was at this crisis moment. And like I say, this has happened numerous times in different ways like this to me. 
that here I am, and not only am I able to pray for them even before the EMTs are there, I'm also able to talk with them just a little bit to help them to find the peace of God a little bit more in this situation so that they're able to handle it just a little bit better with what they're going through and what they're having to deal with, whatever it might be. Hopefully you have the sense that you recognize that I'm nothing special in that illustration in any way. And much of it had really nothing to do with me. It was not so much that God was showing me where he wanted me to move, where he wanted me to go. It was more like God was moving me where I needed to go. And a lot of times that's part of my prayer, would pray and take on the gospel shoes of peace. And part of that prayer of taking on those gospel shoes of peace is, God, don't just show me where I need to go, just move me. Just move me there. And sometimes I'm there and I don't even know I was there. Now, that could be that I'm not sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to know I should be moving over there, but somehow I'm in the right place at the right time. Just move me. And that's so much easier when you're in the river to stay in the river in a real and vital relationship, surrendering. And that's what verse 24 here is talking about. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature which is with his passions and desires. Not every passion and desire is something that is blatantly sinful, but some passions and desires are just not the passion and desire that God has for you in this moment. And we need to be going with the flow, O Holy Spirit, spending that time with him in that deep, intimate relationship and knowing that. Because that's ultimately what being in the river is about. And the river makes it turns and, and it flows one way. You go with that flow. You don't hop out because that's what some people do. It's like everything's good and God's doing great things, but I can see the river's about to make a turn here and I don't want to go that direction. And so you just hop out and kind of do your own thing. I, and maybe it's not that I don't want to go that direction. It seems like God, this whole my life is making a turn. It's that I don't know what's around the corner. The unexpected. And I don't want to have to deal with that. But we need to trust the Holy Spirit, and to go with that, to keep in step, to live by the Holy Spirit. That's what verse 25 is about. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's what he's calling us to. Not just stay in the river, stay in the middle, not just in the middle, but to go deeper with him. Ask the worship team to come as we get ready for this. How's it going for you? Where are you at? Are you in the spirit or are you in the flesh? In the flesh, Have you jumped in and gotten back out or you're all along the shore or are you right in the middle today to make that choice of where you need to be? There's a sense that A.W. Tozer said this, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. That's what he wants for us. Let's pray as we get ready to in a sense, sing this song as a response to him today. Father, help us. Lord Jesus, reign over us. Holy Spirit, flow over and through us. This day, that we would make a decision to get off the shore, to let go of the side, and to just jump in the flow. To trust you, to listen to you. To not just be filled with the Spirit, but to have a Spirit-filled life. 
that checks ourselves, that listens, that just flows with you and where you want. Thank you, Jesus, that you can do that for us even now. Move in us.